Hey peeps, it's me, Christine, and I want to share with you a game-changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high-quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the Cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. (laughs) Now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer, so I love that we can each have our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com backslash findyourrare20, you get 20% off the Cube All Sleep Systems with Find Your Rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey peeps, it's Christine, and I'm flying solo today. I'll be sitting down with Sam Thiara, an activist, mentor, and writer. Sam is the recipient of multiple awards for his work, including the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Medal. His passion is to inspire and motivate others in their personal and professional development through his many adventures and reflections on life's journey. This is going to be a good one, so let's dive in. This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in, because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you, Christine. And I look forward to being able to share some stories, conversations, and insights. Yes. Um, one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast is just um, how many different people from different walks of life um, have come on to share. And that's the best part. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a writer? Oh, sure. You know, 
I think the easiest way for me to describe myself to your audience is I'm guided and directed by five critical pieces that I'm not willing to compromise. They are servant leadership, story sharing, activator igniter, champion enabler, and community do-gooder. And that's enabled me to help individuals, organizations, and educational institutions, as well as nonprofits to their pinnacle best. But I really embrace this whole idea of engaging in this conversation, but also story sharing. And it's interesting because I don't call it storytelling. I call it story sharing because storytelling is this unilateral, I'll tell you and then you'll listen, whereas story sharing is we build it into this conversation. And that story sharing has really what has guided me into my writing because in uh, 2011, I was asked to do TEDx, uh, Simon Fraser University or TEDx SFU, and I chose the topic of storytelling. And, you know, people have always said, you tell these great stories, how can I tell stories? So I came up with this concept and idea, and I integrated that into my TEDx speech on storytelling. And that ignited a book and ignited me with regards to wanting to then support people to help them do their own stories. Storytelling or story sharing to me is is really based on the fact that every single person has a story. Uh, it goes back to my signature tagline, everyone's life is an autobiography. Make yours worth reading. We are all living stories. I oh, love ahead, that so Christine. much. Can I just, no, no, I just want to say that like, yeah. I love that so much. It's so aligned with how I feel. Cause I, I often say, you know, like everybody is like going down their own rare path. That's why like, I don't have like a definition of rare that like, yes, I have a rare disease, but you know, you don't need a rare disease to have, you know, a rare story or have a story at all. And I, I just love that saying. It was one of the things that definitely caught my eye. Oh, thank you. And, and the idea though, is that, but how do we capture our stories? And through that TEDx and through my first book on personal storytelling, there's a concept I use, which I, I call CARPE, as in CARPE diem, but CARPE. And CARPE stands for curiosity, appreciation, reflection, perspectives, and experience. So I go through life with a curious nature. So my radar is on and curiosity means something just stops me. And I mean, we live in a world that can be deemed ordinary. We have our daily routines and our lives, but embedded in the ordinary are those tremendously extraordinary experiences. So what we do is by going, by being curious, we suddenly stop because something is different or we, we then acknowledge something's different. The A stands for appreciation. So we start appreciating what stopped us, but we're not sure why, but we appreciate it, either the people, the situation, or an object. Then we reflect on it. We, through curiosity and appreciation, we reflect on it to add, you know, greater understanding or purpose to what it is. And then the P kicks in, which is our perspectives. In other words, our history, our, our own personal history, will add significance to what's stopped you. And then experience just basically means we've ca we capture it and we capture it as a story. And now it becomes an experience because if you don't capture the whole thing as a story or as an experience, the story dies an untimely death, never to be retold, never to be relived. So that's the whole idea of how an individual can actually capture that essence of that story. 
Okay, wow. I just feel like everyone should have their notebooks out right now because (laughs) Sam is dropping nuggets and I'm living for it. I mean, I think what you said, something that like really hit me, which was about the five concepts of that you like are non-negotiables in your life, in your character. Um, Quickly, can you just explain to our audience like how you came up with those? Like how can one even, because I think that is just like such an amazing thing. Sure. I mean- Think of it this way, Christine. I was leading, like I said, that ordinary life, the corporate life, and just doing the the routines of my daily activities. And I realized that it it wasn't me. Like I I'm very based on stories, but also analogies. I feel a me lot too. of people. Yeah, well, a lot of people are are going through life wearing what I call a fifty two short suit, meaning. You know, you're wearing a suit, but it doesn't fit, but you're still wearing it and you're doing, you know, because your job or career is there. But the moment that I stopped thinking of what I was going to do and I started focusing on who am I, clarity emerged. And that's where those five critical pieces came, because I I then looked at what I was doing and I said, it just it doesn't feel right. I think there's something else I, I really meant to be doing. But then I started self-reflecting and thinking about it. And all of a sudden, that 52 short suit that never fit suddenly started to form into a tailored suit because I started gravitating towards who I am and then realizing that I need to then go in a direction that actually uh, is true to me. Now, the way that an individual can find, and I always say five core elements is what I do when I mentor and coach people. I asked them about what are the five things you are not willing to compromise in life and career, not career, but life and career. And people look at me going like, okay, you're making me pick five things. What if they're not the right words? I'm like, no, no, you, you pick a foundational piece and you start building on it because as you go through life, your words are going to change. But the way that I get people to really visualize and come up with those five core elements is to always ask why. In other words, I say, look at your current job. What do you like about it and don't like about it? Why? Uh, Previous jobs you've had, what have you liked about it and didn't like about it? Why? And maybe if it's classes you've taken, what resonated, what didn't? Answer why. And what do you like to do in your social time? Why? And What's interesting is slowly people start saying, you know, they'll use things like, okay, one word I'm not willing to compromise is family. And I say, okay, that's a great word. Why are you not willing to compromise family? They say, well, it's the relationships and connectedness that I have with those who are close to me. I said, okay. Uh, So I've asked them why and they've told me. And I said, okay, now, as we've explored and explained, I said, but does the, the the idea of that connectedness and relationships also relate to your work environment? And they're like, oh, absolutely. Does that also relate to, you know, your social time? And they're like, oh, for sure. I said, okay, can we replace family with relationships and connectedness as one of your core elements? And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I get it. I always, Christina, I tell people, have fun with this. This is why, like, the last one on mine is community do-gooder. I mean, it's like I I work and service in the community. I've had someone tell me how their uh, 
so focused on the environment that that's so important to them. And they were, and I was saying why, and they were giving me all of this. And I turned to them and I said, oh, so you're an environmental ninja. And she looked at me going like, oh my God, can I use that? And I said, yeah, of course you can use that. That's your word. So play around with it and have fun with it. But it starts to define who you are, not what you're doing. And the benefit here is now you have five things that you can always balance any opportunities that emerge in your life. And I couldn't agree more with that. And I, one of the things that I think my rare disease um, has given me and getting sick has given me is that ability to really um, reflect on what my five things, let's say, are were going to be and who I was going to be. Um, and the why of things um, all of a sudden started to matter. And so I... I love this philosophy so much. One thing I, I am curious about, if you don't mind me asking, is, uh, you know, we, um, when we were, you know, uh, linking up and stuff, what about this podcast or this community do you feel like stopped you? Cause you said like that you have that moment where you stop and you're like, mm-hmm. when you get involved in something. So I'm curious. Yeah. Well, and part of it is, uh, you know, from a speaking standpoint or sharing standpoint, I'm I'm happy to share with anybody who's willing to listen. It wasn't necessarily a topic or an idea, but just if I, I aligned with regards to the fact that, you know, you're doing a service to so many people. How can I support the work that you're doing? How can I support the people who may be listening to this podcast? the the way i my philosophy is christine is that i've been given so much in my life with regards to richness in stories experiences uh and the interesting part about it is because i've been given so much i'm not supposed to hold on to it i'm supposed to give it away and that's where any time and any opportunity i get i really look for the opportunity to share because I look at it as if one of the listeners pulls something interesting out of this conversation. I mean, uh, my work is done here. As long as somebody has said, you know what, that's a really great idea. That's a great, something that I can now incorporate, or this is something I've been looking for in my life. I'm all about sharing. I love that because that's exactly what this podcast is about. It's exactly what Rare is about. This idea that like, let's bring the invisible visible, whatever that invisible struggle that is yours, besides owning it, share it, find some way to, you know, get it out. What would you say to, I mean, I know just so you know, if you're looking for one listener who has been completely just like shook and into amazingness. Um, uh, you did your job because uh, I, I right now feel like all the things. So I'm sure our listeners out there are also getting these, you know, these nuggets and gems. Um, on, along those lines, what would you say to anyone who's struggling? Like, you know, you're just getting into this rare disease community. What? It's not easy to always share your story. So what would your advice be to someone who may be struggling to find their voice? Right. Actually, uh, as you can see, I'm all about analogies, stories, but I'm also about acronyms because I just shared the, the Carpe one. I'm going to give you another one. And this one I've, I've used for 
mental health, but equally at the same time, it would apply in this situation as well. And I always say it starts with you. STARTS is the acronym. So anyone who's going through a difficult time, either through rare disease, mental health issues, a difficult time, STARTS is important because I always say that you're not in it by yourself, but there's somebody uh, or a small army around you that is there to be there. So STARTS basically stands for, and and I'll go through each one, but I'll say what they are, support, trust, appreciation, reflection, talk, strength. Now, what that means is the S in the beginning is support. In other words, If I'm the person going through it, or if I'm the person who's been uh, going to be supporting that person, we need to create a supportive environment. A supportive environment becomes the initial foundation for us to have a dialogue, have a discussion. The T stands for trust. Once we establish support, trust emerges. In other words, I can share with you, not feel judged. Uh, I can be open with you and realize that you will listen or you know ha- you know you will listen to what i have to say but not in a angry way or anything but you'll you'll be there for me a stands for appreciation meaning you know we go through difficult challenges in life either as someone who's going through a challenge or they're supporting someone through challenges the realization is we forget to appreciate the things in life, the small things, the, the it could be the stories or the people or uh, an object, but we forget to appreciate. And the way that we can appreciate is by reflecting, which is the R, adding purpose and meaning to the significance of those small things, the extraordinary and the ordinary. And uh, after this, I can even share an example of, of what this means. And T... T stands for talk. In other words, the art of conversation. Once we create a supportive environment with trust and we build in this appreciation and reflection, we have this area where we can actually have a conversation. And combined together, this provides us the last S, which is strength. We can move forward together. Wow. I, I love this. And I think it's so, you're right. It's so fitting for this community, especially when you're just starting your advocacy journey or deciding like how you want this uh, story, if you will, to play out. Um, you said you had an example. I would yes. love to hear. Of course. So I'll give you an example of how I can blend the carpe and the starts together because you know, again, I, as I mentioned, I think we go through life feeling ordinary, feeling, you know, that we're on a routine, but embedded in the ordinary are these tremendously extraordinary routines. The idea is I carry with me puzzle pieces. And what I do is... Literal puzzle pieces? Oh, yeah. Literal puzzle pieces. And what I do is I give these puzzle pieces out when I meet people. So when I hold it out, what I do is I say, I'm holding a single piece of a jigsaw puzzle, and I'd like to give this to you. And they look at me perplexed, going like, okay. And I said, what can you do with one piece? And they look at me going like, well, not much. It's just one piece. And I said, exactly. So it's ordinary. But this is what you feel like. You feel like that single piece of a jigsaw puzzle. You don't know where you fit in. You don't know what the bigger picture is. 
but I'm going to make it extraordinary right before your eyes. I'm going to transform it into something magically into extraordinary. And they're like, okay. So what I do is I also have a satchel and in the satchel are my puzzle pieces. And I said, do you realize that if I give you a single piece of my jigsaw puzzle, my puzzle will be permanently incomplete without you. And they suddenly look at me going like, oh, the transformation, Christine, is so visible when I tell them this of how important they are to me because my puzzle will be permanently incomplete without them. And I've had people tell me, and I've given about 5,000 pieces in the world to date, whether it's teaching in a class or at an event or when I travel, I've had people tell me that it's taped to their mirror and it reminds them every morning someone said that they were important. I was going to say, like, (laughs) I'll give you my mailing address, but I'm all in on this project. Oh, no, totally. But it's also you know, traveled in backpacks around the world. It's in wallets. And when they see me at an event, they pull it out and say, look, I still have your puzzle piece. Or they tell me, they send me an email saying, oh, you know what? I have this curio box and I saw your puzzle piece. It reminded me of of who you are and uh, that I haven't talked to you in a while. But the other one, which I thought was really important is I've heard from some people who have, you know, for example, struggled with mental health issues and, and they get into that deep, dark, depressive state and depression has overwhelmed them and everything is really dark. And they say, but I saw your puzzle piece and it reminded that I was connected to you. Now, it didn't help them remove them from that air of depression, but just enough that it was like, I felt like you were with me because I have that puzzle piece. So, Christine, that's just a simple example of how you can make something extraordinary out of ordinary and how beautiful that analogy is. And we need more of this sort of connectedness in life. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I don't um, I'll have 100 of those puzzle pieces, please, because I (laughs) love this. And um, I want to, you know. I just, I feel like everything you said, yes, 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 a million times. I don't even want to comment on it because I I feel like it was so beautifully said and it's Mm -hmm. so fitting for, you know, this community of invisible warriors who, you know, do feel a little bit like not only, um, you know, ordinary, but extraordinary and displaced, if you will, you know, um, there's nowhere in the world for, you know, this, and, and this is, this is a reminder that, you know, there, there is a space for you and, and, you know, people love you and, you know, you, you make an impact wherever you go. And you make us complete. And Christine, I've always told people, you know, it's a beautiful sentiment who knows, maybe there are people around the world doing what I'm doing. But if this is important to you, hey, you can start giving out puzzle pieces with your own take on it to help and support your community. And, you know, uh, am I going to be upset? Of course not. I mean, this is a beautiful thing that needs to be shared. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm i on, you know, websites trying to figure out, you know, what what big puzzle I would want to make to then, you know, when I send my packages out, I do believe like every time I I send a rare shirt out, et cetera, that like a piece of me goes with it then because it means so much. And so like that they took their time to support, to read, to listen, et cetera. So, oh my, I, I, I'm in love with it. And I also, 
one of your values, it seems like that I'm really resonating with is this idea that it's community over competition. Like, yes. you know, I keep hearing you saying like, I, I want to give, give, give. And, you know, I totally resonate with that in the sense of like, I want, you know, everybody to have a spot on the stage if that's where they want to be. And I love that. Well, and it, to me, for example, I've had about 5,000 conversations to date to help people in their journey. And the idea behind it is the fact that I've been given so much and it's just all about sharing. And, you know, uh, my idea and my goal is the fact that, you know, I've had my own obstacles. And instead of fearing the obstacles, I realized that the obstacles were placed there as my lessons that I need to learn to make me who I am today. So I've always said obstacles are the necessary bricks on a road to success, meaning instead of fearing the obstacles, embrace them, but learn from them and incorporate them in your life because they are there for a reason. I couldn't agree more. You know, I have one thing that has always astonished me since I've gotten sick is that I never kind of feel angry about it or like, why me? I feel like, oh my gosh, I like this, everything in my life makes sense now. This was all leading up to like this big moment, I guess, for me. And I think there's something so magical about, you know, owning your story, like, like you're saying. And, and I love that line that you use about your autobiography, because, you know, I could tell my rare disease story, right. In a way that is, you know, average and, you know, or whatever have you, but I've chosen to kind of go the route of, you know, I created a brand. I created something that I wanted to share be- out of my own pain and um, my own stuff. And so I think, like I said, I, I just, I'm resonating so much with everything that, you know, you've, you've got going on. Well, and, and think of this way. And, and again, I've been very, I, I, I am a very reflective person and, you know, things just really matter to me. And, Think of it as, okay, so there's an hourglass, and an hourglass is a vessel of time, but an hourglass is very reflective of my life. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I wrote this blog post, I was 21,003 days old, meaning if every grain of sand represents a day of my life, there are 21,003 grains below me. But Christine, how many grains are above me? Meaning, you know, Is it one, meaning tomorrow is my last day, 500, 5,000? Nobody knows how many grains of sand are above them, but we can always say how many grains are below us. But all I I know is every morning I wake up, a single grain of sand enters this narrow chamber, and that's my day. And this is why I embrace the opportunity to share. I look for those extraordinary out of the ordinary and uh, try to do what I can to be a positive influence in, in, in the day. Because at the end of the day, that grain of sand drops below. Now, you know, if that's the case, what if this is my last grain of sand? I'm not going to go off this planet or this world complaining about the weather, complaining about my job. Uh, no, instead, I can say, wow, at the end of my day, I, I've had a beautiful day because of the people I've met, even the obstacles. Okay, how did I overcome today's obstacle? Or, you know, what happened? Okay, so something may not have gone right. 
but what went right. Let's start talking about that language. Uh, and I just wanted to share that analogy of the hourglass, because I think that every single one of us has an hourglass, but we have no idea how many grains of sand. And it's it's not this morbid thought. It's just a reminder to add significance and appreciation and gratitude into your day. I love it. I mean, I love it. And I, I've never really heard that analogy like that, but it's so true. I mean, even even me being, um, you know, late uh, because of work today to record this, I think is a great example, right, of um, you could take the negatives out of it. But, you know, if if either one of us would have, you know, not not shown up or gotten frustrated, then we would have missed this opportunity to connect and, you know, and share all this with everyone. Well, even uh, what I was saying, because, you know, you were delayed. And my thing was, if you're really busy, you know, we can always reschedule and my feelings are not hurt. I'm not going to take it personally. You've just got things that are on the go and, and I'll be open to it. And part of it, Christine, is I've years ago, I think when I started doing the five core elements piece is the ego doesn't matter in my life. I don't care who gets the credit or, you know, all. it's just yes. I'm going to quietly and silently do what's right. And, you know, I'm not putting my ego ahead of anyone or anything. So as a result, that's where if, if Christine was really busy, I'd be like, you know what, that's totally fine. Uh, we can always reschedule. And part of it is people have been gracious with me if I've missed something or if I've been late for something, they've been very gracious. How can I not be gracious in return? I love that because I live by that in terms of like, um, you know, everyone's, you know, in my opinion, you know, best intention, right, is to not, um, you know, do anything that's going to that's gonna harm. And, you know, when we take that, like, that level of grace, we never know how we even save someone else's day, Um with that little bit of, of grace. But speaking of ego, you know, you are someone who has won many, many awards. Um, can you tell us a little bit, um, how someone so incredibly humble, um, and, you know, kind of takes that in? I mean, the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Medal seems like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, um, I always look at it as an acknowledgement and not a, a not a finish point. It's a it's another starting point to just continue to do more. Uh, so in Canada, we have the Governor General, who is the Queen's representative here, and you know. So there's been a a couple of the Governor General awards that I've been a recipient of, and a Difference Maker Medallion, and and you know. But those are all acknowledgments, and a reinforcement for me to continue doing the work that I do because. It's not that you get the medals and you're like, yes, this is this is great. And then you uh, stop doing what you're doing. I think anybody who's a recipient of any of those types of awards just says, OK, no, thank you for the acknowledgement or my nominator. Thank you for the acknowledgement. But there's still so much for me to do here. And uh, part of it is, I mean, over the last, I guess, 25 years, I've worked with about 45 nonprofits to try to help them become self-sufficient, entrepreneurial. I've also had, like I said, about 5,000 conversations to help people really navigate and find their true purpose in life. And, you know, at, like I said, it's it, people say, are you ever tired? Are you ever 
overwhelmed? Do you feel depleted? And my response back was, you know, if you see me as a giant bucket, and let's say, for example, I do three to eight conversations a week with people wanting to realize, you know, a pathway and journey. So think of it as I've got a large bucket and I'm pouring my contents into smaller buckets every time I meet people. Well, what's happening to my bucket? Well, it's depleting. But then the idea is many years ago, I changed the focus from a bucket to a candle. And the idea is I'm a lit candle with a room full of unlit candles. So when I teach my class, speak at a conference, meet someone one-on-one, our wicks touch because of that conversation we're having and I'm sharing and a huge flame emerges. But when we pull our candles apart, my flame is no less depleted. So I've just basically said I'm a candle, not a bucket. And that's how I guess I go through life and not feel overwhelmed or depleted at any point because of that whole analogy of being a, a, a candle that lights up a room as opposed to a bucket that's being depleted. I, I love that because I think we use the bucket analogy so much and I don't know about anyone else out there, but I'm pretty sick of hearing like the, you can't fill from an empty bucket. Um, and I think that's just a hard one to just go about life doing. Cause when you are a giver and you are trying to be there for, you know, a community then, right. Like it inevitably feels like, um, an empty bucket. So I, I think that's an amazing, um, analogy and I love it too, because, you know, a big thing for me is, you know, bringing the invisible visible, which I think that, um, right there is exactly what you're saying. So Sam, what's next for you? I mean, I know continuing your journey and, and doing all these amazing things, but do you have anything, anything in the works? I mean, I'm always visioning or, thinking. And uh, even yesterday, a former colleague, uh, you know, and I were just on the phone and we came up with an idea of creating workshops for post-secondary institutions on student engagement and realization of who you are versus what you're doing. And, you know, that's something that we may, uh, we may pursue Uh, equally at the same time. uh, I'm going to continue speaking and uh, doing podcasting uh, as a guest and uh, teaching so far, that's those are things, but also probably more writing. Like my website, my blog has about 180 blog posts of these sorts of conversations and thoughts and ideas. So I don't know, it's just more of there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, you know, I've always said that the idea is I want to change the world, but it's complicated and difficult and it's impossible to do. However, by what I do and how I do it, I do change the world. Rather than focusing on changing the world through my eyes, the idea is to give of myself so that anybody who is in my presence or in the ability to engage in this conversation or if I'm able to share with them, if they see the world differently through their eyes, I've changed the world. Not to weigh I need it to be, but as long as they see the world differently based on what resonates for them, I've changed the world because they can't see the world in the same way it was before we met. And that's how I go through life, whether it's one person speaking at a conference or teaching, it doesn't matter. My goal is to change the world through the eyes of the people I support and help, not through my eyes. 
That is so powerful because I also believe, I don't know if you know the starfish story, but yes, um, I like, I, I believe in that, right? Like that, y- you know, it made a difference to that one. And like, and however, I know the whole starfish so- story is that there could be a million starfish there on the beach and they're all going to dry up and die. But if you pick up one, throw it in the water and then you pick up another, somebody may say, yeah, but you can't possibly make a difference. And you pick up a starfish and throw it in and say, well, it made a difference to that one. That's, again, how you and I go through life on that analogy. Yes. And I and I live that. And I live that every day. And I think you can agree, right? Like, it doesn't always, it's not always easy. It's not like, you know, we sit here in, uh, you know, in these uh, unaffected un- trauma. You know, I think it's more just taking that pain and realizing that you have choices with it. Um with the cards you were dealt, you have choices that you can make. Yes. You're still um, in control. And I think that's a powerful thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sam, where can people um, find you to connect with you if they wanted to learn more? Sure. So you can always visit my website. So that's www.sam-thiara.com. And my blog posts, uh, the books I've written, speaking, any of those things are there. And also, you know, Instagram and Twitter. I mean, I'm also there as well. So people can always uh, get quotes and things from there. As always, friends, you know, I went ahead and put that all on the show notes for you so that you can easily um, find them because Sam is not one to miss. Thank you so much, Sam, for being here with us today and, you know, dropping gems. Uh, Thank you, Christine. And I wish everyone all the best. And again, uh, as we started out, uh, we'll end with everyone's life is an autobiography. Make yours worth reading. You are a living story. You've got beautiful stories that just need to be shared. As always, thank you to all of our listeners who tune in every week. Your support means more to us than you know. Until next time, live large and stay rare. Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.